You can't fuck with Caitlyn right now. She is emotionally fragile. I'm gonna fuck with Caitlyn. This bitch. We just watched the episodes this morning, so... Having some emotions! Alright, well, let's get through this together. Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast, episode 194. Oh, ow! This is the 194th hour you could have spent better. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> My name is Jake, and joining me today are... Chris. James. And Caitlin. And today we'll be talking about two episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Ship, and Apocalypse Rising. Other other order. Ship the God Rising Apocalypse. It. God fucking damn it. Take three. Fucking Very quickest good. podcast. No. Um, anyway, uh, so those are the two episodes we'll be talking about. We'll be starting with Apocalypse Rising, which is the season five premiere. Hot dog. Of Deep Ooh. Space Nine. And then we'll move on to the ship, which Starting off is, with a bang. Happens to be the hundredth episode of Deep Space Nine. So two... Uh, oh. Two milestone episodes, numerically. Wow. Anyway, uh, also so let's say... the 30th say. anniversary of Star Trek, around oh, the time look when, at it, that. when it came out. 30th anniversary of Shrek. <laughs> I remember seeing that in the theaters. Damn it. <laughs> in Apocalypse Rising, you know, we get a little previously on where we see the uh, events of the last episode where Odo gets turned into a real boy. And then they, we see, oh, he's looking at the TV, he's watching TV, and he sees Gowron on there. And Gowron jogs something in his memory. He's like, oh, my God. Gowron is a changeling. I fucked that guy (laughs) once. Oh, Um, no. So, you know, then uh, dun, dun, dun. All right. Now we're in season five. Apocalypse Rising. Cisco returns to the station, having just been to Starfleet. And he says, "Uh, yep, Starfleet's uh, not too happy about this Gowron situation. Apparently now we're also at war with the Klingons, like a full-blown war. Their shuttle had his shuttle had gotten fucked up in the exact same spot that uh, Kira's shuttle got fucked up in a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> Doctor Bashir, really, to, they just need to better protect that side. Doctor Bashir had to surgically implant uh, Ben's breakfast into Dax. Oh my! Hmm. Um, the Trill Dax or to Jadzia? Yes. Oh my. So anyway, he's like, "Yep, Starfleet's not too happy about this Gowron thing or this war that's that he started." So uh, they're going to send a a crack team of people deep behind enemy lines in disguise, and we're going to expose the Gowron changeling as a changeling, and the Klingons will will kill him, and it'll be great. And they're like, okay, well, who are they going to send? Clearly, they'll send people that Gowron hasn't met before. (laughs) And they're like, nope. They're going to send the, you know, it's going to be me, Ben Sisko, Odo, O'Brien, but we'll all be in disguise. Oh, and also that guy that Gowron hates the most... Worf. So, uh. With very, very minor surgical alterations that I yes. wouldn't have even noticed if I hadn't read about it in a book. They did alter him? Apparently. Bullshit. Anyway, sorry, go on, Jake. So, anyway, so, uh, you know, it's fun, though, because everybody gets to put on their Klingon heads and we get, uh, you know, and oh, well, we need a ship to get us there. Uh, what can we do? We, oh, we can just fly the Defiant and Cloaked. No, no, too simple. Let's get to Cot on this shit. 
because he's got a Klingon bird of prey. So he shows up, doesn't even bother to say hi to his daughter. <laughs> and fairies are uh, intrepid team over to T- Tiger Corps or something. Sure. Yeah. The Galornin Corps. Um, oh, not that one. So uh, we go to Tiger Corps, which is they're having this big uh, raucous Klingon party because uh, everyone's going to be given uh, awards. But in order to get the award, you have to get absolutely plastered on blood wine. And everyone who's still standing in the morning, I guess, gets the award, I guess. I don't know how it works. Well, and it looks like only one guy didn't get it because it made a big show of hauling him out. Mm. Ooh, wimp. So anyway, so they're in this chamber and Gowron's going to come in the morning and he's going to bestow this award on everybody. But the way they're going to expose them, they got these juggling ball things <laughs> that uh, if they arrange them in a, in a, in a square pattern, it will uh, destabilize his goo and he'll turn to goo. And give everyone else cancer. That's right. So plan is just about to go uh, swimmingly in the morning. Gowron's there. General Martok is there, who we've met before. Cisco gets called up, not as Cisco, but as his Klingon alias, to receive his award. Gowron doesn't recognize him, which is kind of weird. But uh, Martok does, and Martok hits him over the back of the head with a with the butt end of a batleth and uh, knocks him down. He's like, Benjamin Cisco, you are gonna die. I'm gonna put you in jail. Okay, um, strong bad. So they um, put the conspirators in jail, and and they're like, Martok, come on, you know Gowron ain't quite right. You know he's he's. Have you seen his eyes? Jesus, <laughs> uh, that dude's definitely a changeling. And and Martok's like, yeah, I felt that way for a while, but uh, you know, what can I do? I'm only the most powerful guy next to Gowron. <laughs> Uh, and they're like, he's well, really uh, in a bind there, yeah. It's like, well, why don't uh, why don't you uh, kill him? And he's like, well, I can't kill him. I'm the most, the second most powerful guy next to him. You know, that'd be the first to be suspected or whatever. So uh, you got to kill him for me. And they're and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And they're like, well, so Good what do we deal. do? Like honorable combat? He's like, no, fuck that shit. That's for pussies. Just go, you know, stab him in the back when he's not looking. That's that's the way to do it. It's the Klingon way. <laughs> And uh, so they're walking out, and and <laughs> Worf is, right. and Worf has no absolutely no problem with this, but it, well, it's he's Odo got a who who smells something gooey, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and he's like uh, uh, he's like wait ew. a minute, that's not very Klingony, doing this whole you know being a being a bastard thing and just sneaking up on the guy. What about honorable combat? And the, and then Martok's like, haha, you sniffed me out, solid boy. Uh, you got you got me. I'm actually a changeling the whole time. And everyone sort of bulges eyes and then they walk in the room and right as right as Worf is gonna kill Gowron in, in, in combat, they burst through the door and, and the changeling uh Martok is choking out Odo and Odo's like Aah! and then uh then he's like, He's the he's the changeling and everyone's like, Oh, we'll believe that guy. Shoot him and then they shoot him and he explodes. As they do. As yep. they do. Yeah, and then Gowron's like, well, thanks for saving the em- the Klingon Empire, but, you know, we're still at war because, I, you know, I can't admit a, a mistake. And um, Much like Pringles, once you pop, the fun don't stop. Yeah, and so, but, you know, I'm still thankful that you exposed the Changeling, except for you, Worf, you still suck. Aww. And uh, that's, uh, that's that. Look, that is not the ch- jacket of a man who admits mistakes. The what? That's true. The jacket. Jacket? What was up with the jacket? Fucking coat he wears. 
when he first walks in and at the end of the episode where it's just like Gowron, he means this crazy overcoat that's just laden with medals. Well, yeah, it also the, just felt the, like it was like extra wide. It just made him look huge. And I could sort of think of Gowron as being sort of a little fella. Except the eyes. The eyes are huge. Oh, huge. Yeah. Those are the eyes of a much larger Klingon. Eyes for He days. took them from someone else's head. We're all making the mistake right now and thinking, oh, yeah, it's been Martok the whole time. That's been the problem. It's a changeling. They can change out whenever they want. He may have been Gowron for a while. He may have been Martok afterwards. There may be two changelings. But wouldn't Gowron have had to have been dead for him to pull that off? He could just be in prison somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, when he's not looking, just go on the airwaves. Aha! You know know what it is? Martok was a changeling. Gowron is Eddington. (gasps) Surgically altered to look like Gowron. Speaking of surgically altered... We get tons of new makeup for everybody this week. It was pretty excellent. Yeah, I thought Cisco it fucking suited. Mm. He looked it- great. The other two looked very, very silly. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. But it's not just that too, though. Like it's just like how when Cisco gets into the mirror universe, he fits right in. He's a fucking great Klingon. <laughs> he like he really he took to it. He definitely could play the part. And like you know, uh, something I didn't mention in the thing is that. Odo, we're seeing the side of Odo where he's just he's just a a, a load now. You know, he's very depressed. <laughs> yeah. An alcoholic, it seems like. An alcoholic, yeah. Well, except he's it seems like he's spending more time spending more time listening to his drink than actually drinking it. Yeah, I think he was already shit faced though. How mm. how many sober people do you know? They're like, you hear these bubbles? Aren't they great? <laughs> well, he never paid attention before. Yeah, I know. I think he was drunk though. It's a hard call. Yeah, I mean, he either drunk or not. I mean, he was definitely, you know, he definitely should have been seeing uh, Doctor. What is it, Doctor? Tell me or whatever. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, Chris, I just sent you over over Messenger a quote from from my book that mm-hmm. I think you should read in your in your Cole Meany accent. I'll do my because, best. Oh, holy God, an Irish accent coming out of a Klingon was very disturbing to me. <laughs> Oh, here's a great quote. Oh, it was hideous, laments Colmini. When they put that forehead prosthetic piece on me, I couldn't close my eyes. It's like they were glued open. It was driving me crazy. I was bitching and moaning so much. And then my final major, uh, tantrum, you could say, he chuckles, was about my nails. Because they darkened down my hands and I thought my nails were ruined. I remember that Michael Darn was very much looking forward to the fact that we would get to experience what he has to go through every day and he would get to gloat. But after two days of experiencing me in that makeup, he was saying, Oh, never put Coleman in that makeup again. Hmm. Ninny. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I was wondering, I don't know if it's said, but uh, did, did Odo's usual face take longer or his Klingon face? Uh, he preferred the Klingon face, he said. There was a good, a good quote somewhere else in the, in, the, in the book that said, like, whilst Colm and Avery were bitching about their Klingon makeup and being like, oh, this is terrible. This is the worst thing we've ever had to do for this show. We hate it so much. Renee Abergenois strides in saying, oh my God, the Klingon makeup is so much better than my Odo makeup because it covers less of my face. Yeah, because it's yeah. on the top half of the face. It's much. so much more comfortable and I can, I can act better in this. This is amazing. And that shut the other two up like, whoa. Now, did they ever actually, I don't know if your book would have said this, but did they ever actually ask him, you know, like, hey, so now that you're a solid, do you just want to use your face? Like, was yeah. that ever offered to him? To yeah, but she, at the or... end, when when uh, when they were putting him, you know, before he'd gone back to 
No, no, sorry. I mean, in real life, did they ask Renee Autogenois, like, do you want to drop the Odo makeup? I doubt it because it's it's more in the character to keep the Odo makeup. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's a plot point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was interesting, though. Like, Odo kind of getting his groove back was kind of the subplot because he's the one that realizes something is amiss and... Yeah, After and, almost blowing it by yeah. dropping his fancy Christmas ornament. <laughs> yeah, not just that though, but like even the the whole time on the on the ride there when they're doing like how to be Klingon one oh one and you know, he's just not participating. Yeah. Well it's extra interesting for Odo because this is also the first time we've seen him with a more humanoid face. So it's something he couldn't yeah. do before. He could never be more humanoid before. He's never had to act humanoid to, t- to you know, infiltrate anybody whilst other changelings, like, you know, whoever's being Gowron, whoever was being, not Eddington, who was the actual changeling, <laughs> Bashir. All other changelings seem to be, like, excellent actors. And Odo yeah. basically admits, like, this is not a thing I'm capable of doing. I can be a rat. I can be a wall. I can be a bag. A hat, a brooch, a pterodactyl. <laughs> his bag acting is some of his best acting. But yeah, it is funny that, like, to get him out of a rut, like, involves bringing him on a mission where he has to get surgically altered to look different. Mm. It's like, oh, this is sort of a, a dark irony there. Mm. Yeah, and he also has to go, you know, potentially go kill one of his own people. Again. He's used to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing for which he was recently punished. Gotta say, that uh, that changeling there really fucked it up at the end. Because he goes, he's the changeling! And it could have been like, you don't believe him, do you? But instead, he goes all tentacle monster. It's like, yeah. you blew it, asshole! I loved then how just every gun in the room turned on him and went off yeah. at once. It was kind of like the end of um, Throne of Blood. Well, and it was like one person shot, like I think someone from the Deep Space Nine team. Yeah, and then, and then everybody else, else was like, in. fuck yeah, pew pew! Yeah. It was enjoyable. It was. It was. So now, are we to assume that General Martok that we saw in um, Way of the Warrior was also a changeling? Was it this, or was there ever an original General Martok? That's a good question. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like probably it was the changeling. Yeah, because that's really where they were laying the seeds for a lot of this. That like, oh, there's there's somebody whispering in Gowron's ear making him do all this, you know, crazy shit. Assumably he used the the trick that Joe Sisko suggested was that I just have some blood on me at all times Mm -hmm. so that I can do the, the, the palm slash and bleed a little for you. Well, and he must have a ton of it because we, uh, Bashir told us that the Klingons are crazy about their uh, their blood screenings and stuff, which I... Is that, like, new information? Do you I'll know? Well, well, I mean, I mean in that episode, Gow, or, uh, you know, they they did the palm yeah, thing Martok, right away. Yeah, that was the first thing he did. God, their palms must be just scarred beyond belief. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but no, never bring them to a human fortune teller. <laughs> so that happened in that episode, the palm slicing... Before Apocalypse Rising and uh, Paradise Lost, no, this is Apocalypse Rising. What was the one before Paradise Lost? Homefront. Homefront. Yeah. So, which means that all of those blood screenings that they did during that, all of them, yeah. were completely useless. Yep. Because the, the changelings already many episodes prior had a way around it. It's almost like clamping down on civil rights for security never works. Hmm. No, that can't be it. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> yeah, I do love the the twist because you know all all mm. up until now they're like, yeah, Gowron's a changeling now. Ba 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 bump, ba 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 bump, wah. <laughs> Ronald D. Moore says, you know, maybe it should be Martok. Maybe that'll be much more interesting because you know people watching this episode are going to be thinking the whole time, yep, they're going to go kill Gowron. We've figured it out. We've, we know what's going to happen. Oh, it's Martok. What? So, so when they wrote the end of season four, they actually did intend it to be Gowron? Yeah, I think so. And then they changed their mind. That's pretty funny. Yeah, they changed their mind fairly late, too. They had to do a whole lot of rewrites when they realized that. And <laughs> said, oh, yeah, that is a better idea. It is. I'm actually kind of glad, because I was a little bit sad thinking we weren't going to see any more Gowron. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I, hate, the fans I love, love those crazy Gowron. eyes. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is Pete Gowron, the fucking glory to you. And, and your house. Love it. And love your it. house. The audience can't see you. Yeah, this doing is that with this your is eyes, radio. But no, but you guys that can. Was, that so was horrifying. You. Thank you. For you. But yeah, I yes, he was definitely Pete Gowron, yeah. especially when he was with Ben Cisco. Yeah, well, because he he was he knew something was amiss. Well, it's funny because in that moment, I felt like. And again, this is because you expect it's going to be Gowron the whole time. Yeah. I kind of felt like that was the changeling being like, oh, fuck, he's here. I'm in deep shit because they did a long like flash to his face. And you can yep. sort of see him being like, oh, fuck. So well, you know, maybe he was getting signals from fake Martok who was behind Cisco. Well, I like to imagine he's like doing like uh, like when a, a catcher is doing signals. Yeah. Like he's throwing a peace sign. He's like, you know, doing all kinds of. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> no, wait, that's the Three Stooges. It is, yes. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I just imagine though that that Gowron probably did recognize Cisco and was like, just like, oh man, this guy looks an awful lot like Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> Do my eyes deceive me? Never, yes. <laughs> never. Damn your eyes! <laughs> how how could you miss something so obvious with eyes like that? True. My, what big eyes you have. Um, the better to destroy your house. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> but yeah, so presumably fake Martok knew the whole time who the four of them were. Oh, I'm sure this was like, I'm sure he saw this happening and was like, oh, this is a great plan because yeah. they're going to assassinate Gowron for me. He's yeah. not a changeling. Stir up lots more unrest. Yep. Then we can just attack. Yep. But yeah, again, we got to talk about the fact that they did not change Worf's makeup enough. I what did they change? I his ridges? Realize. I think his nose. Really? Like, I was... Like, I... He's fairly infamous in the Empire. Yeah, he's kind you of public enemy major, number one over there. Like, I think they changed his ridges more when him and fucking... His brother... Kern. Kern, thank you, broke onto that ship. I almost yeah. said Dorn. Nope. <laughs> like, give the man an eye patch or something. Mm. Like, <laughs> I mean, didn't, I mean, they, they, yeah, they must have other heads that are fitted to Michael Dorn because there's that head. There's also the Colonel Wharf from, uh, well, that's Star gotta be safe. gone by now. That was years ago at they, this point. They should have put him back to, shit, uh, right? they should have put him back to season one TNG. There we hey. go. Yeah. Completely unrecognizable then. I mean, they oh, might they keep that thing. <laughs> they might keep it, but I mean, after that many years in storage, it probably no. just starts to yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's like latex, right? Yeah, it should, probably crumbles. That just doesn't. They also have like the cast, you know, like those are just. Mm. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, it's like that's the one problem with this episode. You're sitting there, just like, how is no one recognizing Worf? 
Yeah. I suggested that perhaps it was like when stuff slips by sensors and like it's not because they don't know, it's because they don't want to admit they get the dirty joke. It's like if you acknowledge that you recognize ah. a traitorous wharf, like maybe you're bad. I don't know. Like at least fucking pull a Superman, put glasses on him. Mm, there you go. A Klingon and glasses. That would have been fucking amazing. The thing is, though, is like you think about it, though, glasses or an eye patch would draw too much attention, in my opinion. Like, I feel like that's. Like, oh, no, wonder what I, happened to his eye. Wait a second. Well, well, with an eye patch, though, I feel like a lot of Klingons just would have eye patches because oh, yeah, they just gouge it. each other in the face so often. That's General Chang true. had one. I liked the scene between Martok and Chief O'Brien. Because mm. watching Cole Meany sweat, I felt like he was definitely <laughs> the worst of the Klingons, you know, mm. sort of. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, sorry. Uh, you know, whatever. But uh, I thought he did a really good job. And I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. The little close calls that they had mm. at the party were, were fun. Oh, yeah. When yeah. Odo drops his, his trinket. Yeah. And, what, and they're like, what is this? Um, Vulcan children's toy. Yeah. You Which could I, sort of buy that, though. It looks like it could be some sort of, like, really fancy puzzle box. Yeah, no, it, it's, yeah. It'd be like, yeah, it seems like Vulcan jackass. Boring or, bullshit Vulcans like. Actually, speaking of those... <laughs> I swear they they made those by buying a bunch of the, like, 2001 A Space Odyssey EVA pod kits, because it looks almost just like them if you take the arms off and paint it gold. Yeah, because hmm. at first we thought it might have been a Death Star. But then I realized the circle was all wrong. These are the, the Polaron emitters? Yeah. See, I start assuming, like, do they have these things all over Deep Space Nine? Because they need these things all over Deep Space Nine. Well, these, were, these are prototypes. Oh, were yeah. they? Okay. And well, they've been destroyed, they have... so no. Oh, uh, they can also, find more. The problem is you can't keep using them. Because it kills people. Yeah. Yeah, they wrote themselves out of that one. Like, you can use it once on a person. So, you know, unless you want to irradiate everyone in Deep Space Nine every day. They do. Fatally. But we can just keep assuming that, yes, there are still changelings all over Deep Space Nine. Oh, goodness, yes. They probably clued in Martok to be like, by the way, Cisco, Worf, the other two, they're coming to coming to say hi. I mean, the whole, I mean, it seems like it would be obvious that they just implanted that. The changelings conspicuously let Odo in on the, oh yeah, yeah Gowron's a changeling, so you know, probably go assassinate him or something, huh? Yeah, that's very them. Always playing the long game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read that this was originally supposed to be a two-parter, which could have been nice because it means that they would have had more budget and more budget for this story would have been fun. But the, the first part would mostly be more stuff on Ducat's ship, mm. which I admit, yes, it's fairly limited this episode, although he does know a Vulcan hello like crazy. True, true. I thought uh, the look on his face when these Klingons emerged was absolutely beautiful. Nice. Yeah, no, like I said, he was... He Just was a big it. old shit-eating grin. I did enjoy his trophies, the uh, Klingon sash and the, like, spine cover from the back of their armor jacket thing. Awesome. And Damar just had a belt slung around his uh, shoulder. Yeah. Marauding uh, Ducat is is best Ducat, I think. All Ducats. But but yeah, no, I think this was, I feel like a two-parter, it just would have felt padded. Like, I feel like they got to the point, it... I like maybe they could have done more, but I feel like like with a lot of the two parts we've seen, we just would have been like this could have been one. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like there would have been 
Like, I don't know what you would add to that. I mean, again, they even if you added a little extra Ducat, like, you've still got yeah. another 35 minutes to figure out, you know? Maybe yeah. more. They would have added more statues on uh, Tai, tai Gokor about, uh, you know, all those big, like, 20-foot Klingon statues. There's, there were supposed to originally be eight. They had to scale back. Hmm. So that's where the extra money would go. Uh, More Klingon statues. And if they had eight statues, they would have needed eight of those little balls. So then we would have (laughs) had to watch the four most conspicuous looking people trying to look inconspicuous twice each instead of just once. Hmm. (laughs) I mean, what I don't get, though, is like, so they had to set the balls up right in a location. Why couldn't they just hold on to them? them? Yeah, just like, yeah. Like, I okay, don't know. When, when Cisco gives the signal, everybody hold your ball up, and we'll stand in four corners of the room. That would have know? definitely been a little simpler. Maybe because a radiation something something, maybe they get really hot, you'd burn your hands. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's probably a reason. Maybe they didn't think of it. Maybe. They should have at least tried to make them look like something that belonged in a Klingon, you know, hall. Here's the thing. I love when Chris says that. As proven by the fact that they keep sending in captains to do their job for them, Starfleet intelligence is fucking incompetent. (laughs) Like, they don't seem to have spies because they keep sending sailors with no training. Well, we don't know. They could be doing stuff with spies that we just don't see because it's secret. Well, do this with them. But then we I mean, wouldn't have an episode, Chris. I know, I know, but it's just like it as a conceit, it has begun to wear. It was it was bad enough when they sent Picard for fucking four lights there, you know. Oh, but like, he knew so much about that particular kind that of That he could have written down and handed to someone. Nope. Only he can deal with it. Like, I know again, it's for the sake of having an episode, but when you think about it in a real world sense, it just makes out that Starfleet Intelligence has planners, but no field men. I mean, having said that, though, and I do agree, and I do think it's ridiculous that they sent, of the of all f- the yeah. four people that they could send, they sent four people that know Gowron. Yeah. And that who, you know, who Gowron would know, probably all of them on site, but he would certainly know Worf on site. Oh, yeah. It is a fact, though, that they have, the, in, in their little strike team, they have probably the two most expert people on the the changelings yeah and the klingons yeah right o'brien wait <laughs> yep wait no o'brien is both <laughs> so i mean at least i mean yeah it is kind of silly that that they sent people that gowron knows but at the same time they it's not like they're just randomly selected these people they're actually people that know a lot about changelings and know a lot about klingons and it's a good thing because at the critical moment on this mission when you needed shit to happen, you know, it was Worf and Odo who kind of took charge. Yeah. And O'Brien really didn't need to be there at all. Yeah, he was superfluous. They just needed a fourth person. Yes. Probably should have been Dax, because she already knows Klingons really well. Yeah, and there were were lady warriors there getting awards. I really liked that. I was really excited by that myself. Yeah. Hoping it was my girl Grilka, but... Mm, No, we'll see her, I think, next week. Spoilers. I'm excited. You think if they have similar awards for uh, Klingon tailors, it's glory to you and your blouse? Nope. Ugh. Uh, uh. Well, now that I've brought us to a screeching fucking halt. Yeah. Jesus One more Christ. note. One more note. We, we, we get a, a very 
like wink wink scene between uh, Kira and Julian. Uh, which is very birth. hilarious. Of you're the one who did this to me. Dot dot dot. C- c- Get it? Because you're you're my boyfriend. Because he stuck it in. <laughs> yeah, the the metatextual aspect of that scene just kind of kept me from enjoying it. Aw, they're I, cute. I, I, they're I very cute. Like it was a cute scene, but I was just it was like because I know the reality of it. I'm just like I see what you're doing here, and it, it no. <laughs> well, also I was expecting it to lead to intercourse, and all no. I could do was feel really bad for Keiko and O'Brien's baby. Ah. I will say though, what I did love. Oh yeah. What I fucking loved was how much Kira was relishing and not explaining what was going on to Ducat. I loved that. Yeah. that was oh, great. Shakar, the lucky what? man, blah, blah, blah. Not Shakar. Who? What? Whose is it? O'Brien's. Well, she says it so matter-of-factly, like, duh. And then Ducat's head explodes. It did. Like, his expression, they were just like, the curly-headed one? What? Have the- you seen that skull? Miles Blunt Tool Potato Head O'Brien? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Ah, oh, boy. Poor, yeah. poor Miles. I think Ducat was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If it's not Shakar, it should have been me. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This was an option? I lost to O'Brien? Uh... Thought it was really funny uh, during the... Like bat the pre the pre gaming for the batleth ceremony <laughs> we were watching and when uh, Worf explained like no basically we're gonna drink and beat each other up until he gets here and then like you know once that happens everything will be you know that's that'll show who has the glory and Chris goes oh it's it's a it's a big it's a drinking contest you should have told me before or like whatever <laughs> I wouldn't have been nervous this is fucking Tuesday. The blood yeah, wine like- looked gross, by the way. Yeah, it looked like it dirty water. It didn't look like blood or wine. It looked like mud. Well, I'm wondering, is blood wine just like fermented blood? Like, is that what it is? Well, you know. I wouldn't doubt it. There's a dude on YouTube who does a drinking program, and often he will do recreations of drinks from television. It's called How to Drink. And he actually did a blood wine episode, and he asked the same question. He was like, is it Klingon's blood? That'd be fucked up. Is it like Targ's blood? That would be kind of weird. And then they cut to that scene from, was it like one of the TNG movies where Worf is like, I want to drink the blood of a blah, blah, blah. I don't remember. But I also used a lot of clips from this episode. Yeah. But mislabeled Odo as O'Brien. Oh, whoops. I like that someone mentioned um, Gowron's pet Targ. Mm-hmm. And my thought was, I bet it's played by a pug so that it can have bulgy eyes. No. <laughs> it was Odo, I think. It was. Because he was talking about, like, you know, if you need someone to be his pet Targ, I can't do that. I do love the idea of a wee fucking pug made up as into a Targ, though. That is. <laughs> have you ever seen that picture that pug dressed up as Slimer from yes. the Ghostbusters? Yes, oh, yes. that's perfect. It's amazing. It's pretty so, cool. this whole thing kind of makes me cynical about. I mean, more cynical about the changelings because, you know, they would have you think, oh, yeah, we gave Odo some sickness so that he would have to come home and face judgment Mm. for his crime. When in reality now, that's not how they didn't give a shit about his crime or giving him punishment. They literally wanted to lure him back, A, so they could 
sneak this little tidbit of information about oh um, yeah for sure about Gowron in and also, but so also they can be dicks and also just to turn him human because that's the thing if if they they needed both because he could have just turned himself into the pet targ you know they can't have a rogue changeling if they're trying to do nefarious shit like this because it's very easy to foil that plan um, i think it could be both yeah i don't know I mean, it's the, the timing is a little conspicuous. That, a that, little, you know, but you know, I can as feel soon that... as he gets back, it's like, oh, by the way, all this shit. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I they're weird fucking bastards. I could see them being like, well, we're gonna have him here anyway. This makes this other plot easier, so let's just combine them. Just flying by the seat of their pants on this plan. That doesn't feel very. Uh, no, no, not that. But just they had a, they had another plan, but they were well. Wait a minute, this plan would actually be easier. Let's yeah, just but they do didn't, that. They didn't count on Odo's amazing sleuthing ability. <laughs> yeah, it's it true. is kind of weird. First, it is weird though that Worf wouldn't have been like, oh, dishonor, because he was too busy hating on Gowron. I think yeah, he's Ron. also very used because here's the thing. Odo doesn't know Klingons very well. The Klingon he probably knows the best is Worf, yeah. who wouldn't do dishonorable shit. But Worf knows Klingons. Mm. And Worf is like, oh, this Klingon wants to do dishonorable shit. That's pretty fucking typical. <laughs> and when it came to it, Worf did try to resort to standard single combat. Yeah. And he, Which, he would have won. He had a... Uh, yeah. yeah. Although I will say, Gowron's better at single combat than I would have expected. Yeah. He lasted well, I also think, a while. Yeah, I Didn't don't know. even use his bodyguards. Yeah. Because that would have been dishonorable. Mm-hmm. I also like how we get to see firsthand that one of the disadvantages of the Batleth, which is if you, you, you know, you can potentially just snap it in half if you, you know, get your weapon on it in a certain way. Yeah. It is a silly sword. <laughs> one final, final note. Uh, we get a Vilix Pran callback. The guy yeah. who was budding. That I did think, uh, that amused me. That was pretty nice. Yeah, because that was, what, season two, probably? Oh, I don't remember. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was a yeah. while that we learned that they have a crew member who buds. buds. And he's got, like, 18 kids now. <laughs> Trying to find out how tall done. Robert O'Reilly is. How tall is Robert O'Reilly? What are you expecting, him to be tall or short? Short. I, yeah, I, I, don't th- I think he's probably, like, mid-fives. Yeah, he's 5'10". That's no, much that's, taller that's, than I expected. That's taller than I thought. I was going to say 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, yeah, I mean, that's actually what I would have thought, too. Holy shit, do you know Jonathan Frakes is 6'3"? Yeah, I knew he was pretty that tall. That sounds right. That's, they like, pretty tall. That tall. Yeah, like, they, there was that one episode, I think, in one of uh, Barclay's fantasies, he went out of his way to make Riker short, which must have involved some fun camera trickery. Oh, I bet. Cole Meany is 5'11". Speaking of camera trickery, tell us about the ship, Jake. Ah, yes. The ship. All right, so in our next episode, The Ship. Great title. Our, uh, our crew is hanging out on some, some place in the Southern California oh, Toga desert. Toga 5. Or Toga 4. They were um, hanging out in a fucking TOS plot. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they, were looking yes. for a, they were looking for a place to do mining, I guess. And, you know, you have to send... You know, a crew of nine and... A crew of your best officers. Your best Why? officers, nine people crammed into a runabout, can't even take the big ship. True. Check out some rocks. You know, in a, in, a, in a trip that takes three days, too. So they were all on that fucking runabout for three days just to get there. So that, that, that thing must have smelled. That must be why the Benzite had to take out the... Take out her uh, 
Or vape. I have notes. We were wondering uh, about that. Like, maybe the ladies don't need them. Nope, I have I notes. Know. Oh, good. Anyway, I can't wait to hear um, uh, We're on this planet, and suddenly a Jem'Hadar ship shows up on sensors, but it's crashing, and it crashes. Our crew that's on the surface, which is Dax, Worf, Cisco, O'Brien, Blue Shirt, and uh, a... Uh, uh, Ensign, yeah, Ensign Munez. He is named because uh, he's important to the plot. And we've met him before, have we? Two other oh guys. yeah, that's right. He when uh, when yeah, that's right. He was uh, O'Brien's buddy when uh, he needed uh, when he was uh, at, coming out of prison. Yep. Well, and he was in uh, Starship Down. Yep. Well, that's right. Okay, so yeah, I, he I survived he was... Starship Down. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we find this crashed. It's a Jem'Hadar ship. We board it. Everyone on board is dead. All the there's Jem'Hadar and uh, and Avorda that are dead. Turns out that you know the the ship was just a failure. The inertial dampeners failed, which woof. We need those. Made violently threw everybody against the bulkheads, and they died of blunt force trauma. So as they're you know taking care of burying the bodies and stuff, another Jem'Hadar ship shows up, destroys the runabout, oh, uh, beams and down the people some people on board. Poor Hoya. Yep. Uh, beams down some people, uh, some Jem'Hadar soldiers who promptly take out the the blue shirt guy, and they mortally wound Munez. They bring every, you know, they they retreat into the ship. They're like, "What the fuck?" So then we have kind of a the rest of the episodes pretty much just a a standoff between Cisco and the Vorda, the sexy sexy Vorda. Oh yeah. Who at first is like, "Here, look at look at these, look at my titties." I hear I hear human men like these, so I will <laughs> I'm also gonna have my main Jim Hadar wear a very low cut shirt as well. Well mm. to make him more approachable. Uh, how how tall were the heels? They were reasonable. She, she's like, you know, you know, we don't we'll let you guys live. Just give us the ship. We you know We'll we, even drive fine. you home. Yeah. And Cisco's like, oh, we're not gonna do that. Meanwhile, they beam a Jem'Hadar into the ship, but he's on—he only has armed with a knife, so they promptly take him out. The Why Jem'Hadar, only a knife, Jake? Well, yeah, that's the weird thing, right? So the Jem'Hadar could ver- just—they could blow this up from orbit if they didn't want the Federation getting, you know, a ship. But no, they're—they're um, they're being really careful about not destroying or damaging the ship. They won't do a full assault on it, even on the ground. So it's like, hmm, there must be something really important on this ship. Fast forward to the end, and uh, we find out, oh, there was a changeling hiding on the ship the whole time. It was injured and dying, and it died. Oops. Um, so it's like, oh, shit. The changeling that was keeping us alive, the reason they didn't just destroy this thing, is now dead. So clearly we're fucked now. But wait, the Vorta just beamed in and is like, yeah, um, all the Jem'Hadar committed suicide because... They allowed a, a a changeling to die, so um, guess you win. Can I have some of that changeling dust to snort, snort, snort it up, do a line on my way home? No, no, it's so that she can think of wonderful thoughts and fly back to uh, changeling uh, world. That's right. What are her wonderful thoughts? A shirt that keeps her warm. There you go. <laughs> boobs covered. I was going to um, say banging Cisco because she was coming on pretty hard. Yeah, at, she, at the she, beginning, she was, She's, she was a manipulative, a manipulative little thing. She but, sure uh, was. The other thing I didn't mention, uh, <gasps> you know, that would be a very short episode because the whole drama inside the ship is that everyone's, you know, Munez is uh, not doing so good, 
but uh, of course O'Brien's like, "Oh, you're you're gonna do fine, laddie. It'll be fine." Me lucky um, charms. And uh, Worf's like, "No, he's gonna die." Um, <laughs> Fucking Worf is so good with people. My goddamn <laughs> Worf. And then you know it comes to blows, and then uh, and Jadzia gives in a, a good sass yeah, attack. Yeah, and then and then Cisco's like, "Worf, chill the fuck out." O'Brien, chill the fuck out. Dax, your jokes suck, and you should feel bad. Oh, I liked her joke. <laughs> That's it. He said, "You went, old man. No one's laughing." I went, "I laughed." <laughs> so uh, yeah, Munez does die, but then there's this very touching scene where a couple of good touching scenes where uh, Worf and uh, O'Brien kind of put their differences aside to mourn him, and uh, it's it's nice. Yeah, and Cisco gets a very nice scene with Dax where they talk about you know what what the costs of being in Starfleet are and what justifications there can be. Yeah. Is yeah, the cost speaking of the costs. The speaking of the costs, apparently you have to have your own uniforms made? What? Yeah, that was <laughs> weird. You can't just replicate a new one? Yeah, you the size you actually but There's want. not like a quartermaster out there that's like giving a uniform. Well, listen, this is what I'm thinking. We've been like, why do they even have a tailor? Who even tailors? Who needs tailors? Well, apparently Starfleet needs tailors. Yeah. We finally have a reason for Garrick to be a tailor, and it's so Munez can have a fucking outfit, out uniform rather that fits. It's probably one of those things where it's like you go to the you go to the replicator and you're like, you know, give me a uniform size X, and it's like getting an off the rack suit, and so like he's maybe tinkered with it, like all right, give me size X, but change this, but change like he kind of, but he's not a tailor, so like. But this he, means we have to pay Garrick because. Garrick isn't in Starfleet. He wouldn't do this for free, you know, because, you know, Starfleet money is confusing as hell. Yeah. Um, so they obviously have to would have to pay him to do that, though. Maybe so they I let him have his know. shop rent free. Oh, maybe. Mm. I mean, I think we talked about this before. We let either they just give a stipend to Starfleet officers in areas that need money or and I think this is becoming more and more likely as time goes on that they probably have UBC in the Federation. What's that? Universal what Basic Income. Okay. Where like what's isn't that UBI? For? UBI. UBI. Yep. UBI. Thank you. Universal Basic Income, which would explain why like you know no one needs anything, but some people do seem to have more than others still. You know, yeah. and why people would still bother making fancy things like snooty wine and shit. Fancy coats. Yeah. Like, I think I that's know. the easiest way to explain away how any of this works, because from show to show, they're really inconsistent about money and property. Exactly, yeah. I think trying to wrap your brain around it, you're just going to find nothing but elements that don't fit the mold and realize, oh, how, if this wants to fit, you know, the fact that, you know, Picard has this vineyard, so he obviously owns property. Yep. So let's, uh, let's work that in some, no, just stop. Just don't bother. It's not going to make sense. Yeah, I, I read this somewhere else where I thought we talked about it. It's not my idea, but I think it's the only one that really you can apply in sort of a blanket way across all the series, and you can go, that makes the most sense. Mm. Well, at least it was in terms of the Picard's farm, and I know this has nothing to do with Deep Space Nine, but if, it. it seems like it had been in his family for, like, generations, so if it had been in the family long enough that it, like, pre-whatever's... The fact that they don't have money anymore. Yeah, but it's still just like there's too many weird like again. Why? Why would anyone bother maintaining it? You know, you can't sell the fruits of all this 
fucking effort. Well, if there's no money, then maybe there's no need to work. And if you don't need to work, you got to do something. So they make wine. No, I know. It's still just like, you know. Anyway, that's not the point anyway, of this episode. Anyway, we'll talk about the ship. Yes. I mostly liked this episode a whole lot. Like One thing that got me distracted and kind of annoyed was they, they had to go out of their way to, like, explain the Jem'Hadar ship that crashed crashed upside down. Mm. And they explained this a couple times, and if you look really close, you can kind of tell. Yeah. But I feel like they didn't do a great job making it look, A, like it was upside down when you're walking around inside of it, and B, like it wasn't just a bunker when you're looking at it from outside. Yeah. I, well, I thought, in, I thought inside the ship they did a good job. Like, yeah. I could tell that they were walking on, like, the Lights, ceiling. and there were, like, panels hanging from the... The one thing that didn't make sense was why the Gem Hadar were hanging from the Yeah, that ship. I Maybe they get. had magnetic boots. Maybe. maybe like Maybe. Maybe when the when the I just uh, wanted some sort of explanation as to why they were like fucking dangling there. That one I think aspect it was didn't make just sense. Just to make sure it was clear that they were upside down because yeah. Gem Hadar apparently don't use chairs. I read in the I read in my book. Jem'Hadar do not use chairs. They stand all the time because, yeah, you know, chairs no would chairs. slow them down. Well, they can't just have upside-down chairs being the thing that establishes we're upside-down because that would be too fucking easy, evidently. You know what, then? If they do stand all the time, magnetic boots would make sense as some sort of, like, fail-safe if something goes hooey. For mm. any reason, there's, like, an anti-grav problem. Yeah, you don't have a chair you can, like, strap yourself into. Or maybe so. maybe they just don't have gravity on the Jem'Hadar ship because it's so utilitarian. They That's just don't a good point. put that feature in. Yeah. There must um, be a chair for the Vorta somewhere, though. Those motherfuckers love sitting. They can mm. pop a squat. Mm. But uh, I do agree, though, that the outside of the ship, I don't... I mean, if yeah, you look at what it... Yeah, it's perfectly level. Yeah. It's embedded and like, in a cliff. If you look cliff. at what a Jem'Hadar ship looks like, the model, it looks kind of like, like a beetle. Yeah. Right? Like the underside of it has like ribs and shit. Well, mm. on the front, I think towards the end, it does get a little blockier. I don't know. But, but I we don't, were looking I don't, at I, it from the back, I think, weren't we? Yeah, that's what I mean. The underside and the back. Like, I feel like the front tends to be the one that's more like, isn't Beetle-y? it? Mm. Or I do know, I? We'd have, to, we'd have to look at a picture. No, you're I, Jake's I right. Like I'm thinking of it backwards. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to look at a picture. I just thought when you looked at it a couple times of the scenes, it just literally looked like it was a bunker in a hill. Yeah. It didn't look like something that had crashed into that hill. Yeah, there was no, like, crater. There was, you know... Yeah, no debris. Yeah. There was, like, you know, like, when the Enterprise crashed on Viridian there, it, it like, left a trail, you know. <laughs> it also took nine hours to crash. That's true. God, uh, that scene Troy takes had the way brakes too long. on. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, I also read, so this was all, like, all the outdoor shooting was filmed in Soledad Canyon on, of course, an extremely hot day. Always. Like, I read, I read that the air temperature could, uh, you know, above the, where they were filming, could reach up to 117 degrees. Jeez. No. And the surface material temperature, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure what surface they're referring to, but the surface material temperature was 124 Oh my god. What the fuck? Like, just inhumane. They had to, like, basically dump water on the crew every couple of minutes because they were just overheating like crazy. Oh my and god. And at one point, they all turn around and realized one of the people in Jem'Hadar makeup, which is, like, fucking full-body makeup and a giant costume, had fainted. Oh, fuck. That might explain why that one guy had a really low-cut shirt. <laughs> Though then they had to make up his chest, so maybe not. 
Yeah, Jesus. it's very funny. I read that the um, the teleplay writer said that one thing that he kind of laments about the way the episode ended up being was he says, "Oh, I really wish what what we'd done instead was have them have the the Starfleet crew always be on the ship and never come out." Because it would have been more interesting to only hear Kilara as a voice, but never see mm. her. Which is interesting, but I do like Kilara, so... I can yeah. think of at least two good reasons you want to see Kilara. <laughs> yeah, I will say, since we're on that, like, why did they have to, like, sex her up? That was unnecessary. I mean, I think it was, I think it probably was a tactic. A tactic because when yeah. she first mm. came out to talk to him... She's smart. She yeah. was being a little flirty, I think. Yeah, flirty and also innocent. being like, it's my first time. Gentle. Yeah. 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 Oh. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think they were Ains, actually like, hmm, let's let's, you know, our intelligence reports say that that Cisco likes to sneak off to this alternate universe and fuck all of his friends. God damn. So he must be a, a sex machine. Or they were confusing Cisco with Kirk. Mm, yeah. All Starfleet captains love boning aliens. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I hope that's what it was and not just, like, someone being, like, let's make a... Because, you know, the first Vorta we ever saw was a woman, and... Yeah, Eris. She was this in, was you know... was supposed to be her, but she wasn't available. Again. Huh. Well, and then Ben definitely wouldn't have trusted her. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah. So that would have been a bad idea. But, like, you know, she's the first one that doesn't have the, like, horrible haircut the rest of the Vorta have. Like, she kind of has some pompadour going on, but not as much. Like it. I think it's pretty. Yeah, and she also yeah. had like jewelry. She had earrings. Yeah, the earrings were nice. I, I can't imagine how long it took them to wrap here. To, where the fuck are we gonna put these things? There's no good place. <laughs> they were gonna look weird regardless. Top, bottom, no, no, I thought middle. they looked great. Mm. I liked it. Um, yeah, I liked it too. But yeah. yeah, I just but I just mean the first Vorta we saw that was a woman wasn't like you know done up to be sexy, and I hope that well, if we see more. People. No, I know, but up until now, like every Vorta we've seen has kind of like all three of them. Yeah, but like they've all or had the same hair. One. They've all had the same exact haircut. They've all worn like very like similar clothes. Like it just, I just, you know, it's fine, but it just did strike me as weird that like really you're gonna change it up this time to show I mean, off. Some how tits. many individual people do you see who all look the fucking same? Well, right, but this is well, Star Trek. No, We're I, alien I think, races. I think that the I I don't imagine that the that the Vorta have a ton of individuality. Just Right. I, I assume, yeah. I just assume that they're, you know, they're kind of automaton like. Yeah. Yeah, and um, maybe the things that they're able to kind of person personalize, they're like, I can wear earrings. That's the thing that can be different about me. I'm going to wear the fuck out of these earrings and let my titties out. Yeah, but, yeah. I, 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 like, I, but I do think though that in this case, this was really a okay. Yeah. How do the fuck do we charm a human captain into giving us what we want? Because the alternative is the the changeling on board is going to die. Or yeah, be I, captured. I would definitely prefer that to just it being like Rick Berman said, boobs! Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I It fits in the story for it me. It does. So it I does, with it, that explanation, I think. You know, and I, I, I don't know, I and I really like the character, even aside from... Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the character's boobs. good. Um, You know, yeah. I think that, like... I like this side of the Vorta that we, you know, we saw it with Wayun, mm. where they're kind of like these silver-tongued people, you know, where they're just like, you know, they're just, they're just they're very charming, but they're charming in the used car salesman way, where you know it's mm. bullshit. Yeah, I that's like. Why, go ahead. That's why I was kind of like, 
when Ben was like, we should have just trusted each other. It's like, Ben, why? Like, the whole thing of the Dominion is duplicity. They're led by shapeshifters. The Vorta are, as Jake says, used car salesmen. The only honest members of the Dominion we've seen so far are the Jem'Hadar, because they say, I hate you and I'm going to kill you, and that's true. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say, Caitlin? No, I was just going to say that, especially, too, because we watch her, like, completely switch tracks, like, yeah. several mm -hmm. times in the same conversation. It's like, okay, well, a cute and innocent act isn't going to work, so let me try this. Well, actually, I think it was more like she went from flirty to inexperienced, mm. and then, like, but it was just, yeah. And that's the thing. At the end, like, he's all upset because of these losses, and, you know, if only we had known it was, like, an after-school special, we just should have tried to trust each other. And it's like, even I, I find it incredibly hard to believe that Cisco would not have done basically the exact same thing if he had known there was a changeling on board. Oh, no, he would have. I think he would have taken the changeling hostage. Hostage, yeah. That's you what know, I mean. It's been, like. He would have been like, all right, I have this changeling. You will fly us to, you know. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Well, or we will kill it. I think if he knew it was injured, he might have had a moral dilemma on his head. No, hand. Bashir wasn't there. Well, because here's the thing, though. A hundred percent. If if that changeling was if they had allowed the Jem'Hadar to take that changeling off, they would have gotten blowed up immediately. Maybe. Regardless of whatever my, deal they made. My very first thought when they re when Cisco realizes there's something on the ship that they want and they're not going to like leave us alone until either we die or they get the thing. I my thought was blow up the ship. Mm. Then then at least they won't get what the thing is that they want. If they kill you, they kill you. But, you know, right now you're in no place to barter anyway. Blow up the ship. Blow up the wormhole. Don't let Bay join the Federation. Burn it Ames all down, stops. says Ames. What I don't get, though, right? So the Federation isn't in an open state of war with the Dominion, as far as I know. Right? Mm -hmm. They're just... They're, it's they're like, waiting for an incident, and there's yeah. Gonna, and they're, like, they're but the thing is, there's been one. a ton of incidents. You know, like <laughs> they're waiting for a really good one. The uh, the if I were the if I were like the families of the people that got blowed up on that runabout, I'd be like, what the fuck? Why haven't we declared war on on these people yet? Like, you know, they were just. Time innocently they, orbiting a planet. The and time got, they blew up a conference last season. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, taking control of Martok, too, is an incident, right? Yeah, well, well I mean, that's, that's Klingons, the Klingons, though. though, right? Like, I'm just even thinking it's like yeah. acts of aggression from the Dominion against the Federation have, been, have been stacking up, you know? Giving, uh, well, no, he's not a citizen of the Federation. I say giving oh. a citizen of the Federation a disease, but that's Odo, and he's, I guess, a citizen of Bajor? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's he's also, um... Not applicable. Yeah, but I, I guess yeah. if LA, I assume if he has any legal status, it's probably like on a, I, I assume he has a Bajoran passport or the equivalent. Mm. Or he's just Odo, unknown. Yeah, so you bring up blowing up the, the roundabout, which our, our new friend Hoya was on, Hoya the Benzite lady. Yeah, uh, with no who vape. I thought was nice. Yeah, well, yeah I liked who her had a lot. no vape. And the way that the staff explains why she didn't have her vape is that there have likely been advances in Benzite's breathing technology in the meantime. Mm. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out for then. Hopefully we don't see any Benzites with a... Maybe not breather. everybody can afford it. Well, and we had the Klingon that Cisco 
randomly beat up in the last episode talking about pulling out someone's breathing tube and stuff. That wasn't a they benzite, said, though. They that said was... benzenite. Oh, I thought that was the, either, I... either a mistake or a different similar race. Okay, mm. fair I'm enough. I thought they were state. saying it was a benzite, but but I thought you thought that too. No, no, I, I didn't realize you thought benzite, I would have said. Oh, never mind, I withdraw. Yeah, see, I just, since, since we have no proof to the otherwise, I'm just gonna, my headcanon is women don't need it. Mm. Their lungs are better or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I could also see maybe there's like a pill you can take to not need it for some period. Good of time. news, it's a suppository. Yeah. Oh boy. See, if she was alone on the runabout, you could assume maybe she just, since it was just her, she could have yeah, changed the changed atmospheric the settings. Control, yeah. Oh yeah. But there was a human and at least one other person on there. Fucking humans always ruining everything. And there was that blue shirt Nosferatu. What species was he supposed to be? He was Batboy. Seriously. <laughs> Batboy Bat Boy grown up. Batboy escaped again. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't. They didn't give him any lines. No, nope. they uh, they were like, well, "Let's torture this actor by putting him in heavy makeup in the 117 degree desert." Oh god, yeah, it it looks like it's super stuck because you know, as much as the the crew can strip down to their underwear and dump water on their heads every five minutes, the actors can't. And I imagine those costumes don't breathe. Oh yeah, especially I mean, they're like, all they're the, probably all like are. latex, you know? Yeah, or the Klingon and mm. oh yeah. Ooh. Um, Bet there were lots of single takes on this one. Oh, yeah. probably. Well, yeah. Good I read, because I read there that wasn't a the, ton of outdoor stuff. Yeah, on know. the set, on the set itself, they had all these stickers that they were putting on the walls of the ship to make it, you know, look like it had stuff on it that just kept peeling right off at the sun. Wow. Oh, stickers. That reminds me of something I noticed last episode that I forgot to mention. Oh yeah. Um. Quark has upgraded his Ferengi can't do commerce here signs. Yeah, he had nice two nice matching placards on this. The like, the yeah, engines. the like the sticker that um Brunt, Brunt that, put uh, up in Brunt that one up. episode. He's yeah. there. It's no longer like a cheap paper sticker. It's like a plaque, and he's got two of them, one on either side of the door. Oh, maybe I, I'm assuming that like you know. It's like when you get a driver's license, they give you like a paper one. Yeah, but then they send you the real one in the mail. So it's just. The actual plaques just took a while to come in. Yeah, but the fact there's two of them, like, right next to each other, more or less, for symmetry's sake, it's like, well, it's gotta be here, it's gonna be aesthetic, damn it. <laughs> Put it in one of Quark's coats. But yeah, sorry, I meant to mention that last episode and I forgot. Although, speaking right. of Quark, didn't need that scene. He in needed to episode? be in the episode. Which scene? The one where he and Julian were in, in trouble. trouble. Like, kind yeah, of the right. only purpose it served, as far as I could tell, was showing that... Odo's kind of back in his groove after last week. Like, that was very classic Odo, you know? I think it served to fulfill the contractual obligation that Armin Shimmerman and, uh, and Odo... Alexander Siddig. And, uh, yeah, Siddig and... Um, Renee Abergenois. Renee, yeah, having their um, contract to appear. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it didn't end up being a full-blown B-plot with, like, Julian's legal issues, because... I don't think this episode could have withstood a comedy B-plot. Yeah. Like, the fact that it is mostly really quite serious and dramatic is part of why it's good. And if we mm -hmm. kept cutting back to DS9 and like, I need a lawyer! That would have just destroyed mm -hmm. it. Well, I saw that was the only scene that um, Nana appeared in, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, everybody that wasn't on the planet got just that one scene. Yeah, yeah. Neither I nor my baby give a shit about any of this. 
But I guess, yeah, they couldn't have had Kira because it's like, yeah, let's have a very pregnant woman standing in the desert for, <laughs> you know, getting roasted. Yeah, and it makes sense for her character as well. Like, a very yeah. pregnant character would also not go on this, on these missions. Oh, plus right? you gotta, you know, I just feel like, not that they haven't done it before, but especially with things where they are now, you feel like you want either her or Cisco always on the station. Yeah, well, yeah. it also just seems... I know we wouldn't have an episode otherwise, but I do think it's ridiculous that they have, you know, these very high-ranking, very important officers doing a mineral survey. Yeah. You well, know, they're not even... They're 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 tied to the station, you know? They're, I thought about that myself, and at first I was like, well, you know, they are going near enemy territory, so maybe you send experienced people, but then you send them in the defiant, not a glorified yeah. shuttle. I mean, this this... But this is like fucking... This is Oberth work, you know? This isn't this isn't Pride of the Federation work. If an Oberth looked at the wormhole, it would explode. That's probably true. But you're right. In in that it should be a science vessel. Like send an Excelsior. Those fuckers are meant to be sort of multi-purpose, you know? Yeah. They can take a licking and keep on ticking. Yeah, and that's like why they're still in service after just... a goddamn century. Have you know what we should have done? We should have kept a tally of all of the runabouts that have been destroyed mm. because it's been a lot. Mm-hmm. What did they say? What name, what the name of that runabout was this week? The, the Rio Grande. Yeah, it was the Rio Grande. Ah, the Rio Grande. Wait, that's, that's the one that got that Rio Grande's been through some shit. It has. It's, I think the longest lasting one. I think it might yeah. be done now though. Is that, well, yes, it but could be that, the Rio is Grande. Is that one of the original three? I think so. I know they, yeah. Could be the Rio Grande. A. Mm. Do they, do they do that with runabouts? Do they give them A's? I don't know, but they're going to run out of Earth Rivers pretty soon. <laughs> Seriously. Well, let's try to name after Vulcan Rivers. Ah, fuck. Ah. <laughs> the one thing I actually, I really enjoyed this episode was the relationship between Munoz and O'Brien. That was it great. It was really nice. I read in my book that's under a cat. Hang on. <laughs> I read in my book that was under this cat that they weren't a big fan of what ended up happening with the relationship. I guess they wanted it to be more camaraderie to which i say how can you add more camaraderie before the laser wound mm. yeah but they wanted they wanted something else and they weren't a fan of out of it and i say why because i thought it was a really nice relationship it was a really strong like it was the emotional core of the episode i felt yeah, yeah. so much orbited around it it was really brilliantly done yeah and now like for so for whatever reason i forgot that he was the same guy that was in hard time mm. And Starship um, Down. Oh, I only remember... I, I don't really remember him from Starship Down, but I do remember him from... See, um, I was the other way around. I remembered that was him in Starship Down. I hadn't realized that was him in Hard Time until I read it. But in Hard Time, like, you know, they show him having that sort of joking relationship with O'Brien where he's like, ah, oh, pretty soon you'll be running the place. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. You know, and again, this week, they show him still have, you know, they kind of have that thing where they're ribbing each other. Yeah, O'Brien, you couldn't climb a mountain if you started at the top. (laughs) (laughs) Thought it was all rolling hills in Ireland, no mountains. So, yeah, I don't know. I I like I like the character. I do kind of like even though they did have him in two prior episodes, it would have been nice, I think, to have more build up. I mean, for Star Trek, though, that's a lot of build up. No, that's true. Like the only other character who I think character. got any sort of build up like that was um Lita. Uh, her too. But as far as like doomed people, 
what's uh, the Bajoran who died in oh, Lower Decks? Oh, uh, Cito. Cito Jaxa. And even then, she barely actually did anything in her previous appearance. She was just kind of there in the trial. Yeah, she was She was bad. So yeah, and, like normally you're Doomed Ensign, that's their first appearance, so. Yeah. Third, that's, that's a lot for this show. Yeah, but it, you know, it was, um, even without those prior appearances, yeah. I still think it works. In, oh, totally. Just, just as a standalone character, even. But it was nice that it, there is some history already there. Yeah. I thought it was cool that we saw a character speaking Spanish for the first time. Yeah. 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 Very, very nice. And I... Everything looks like stars. Oh. Well, I thought it was fireworks or something. Like it was a fireworks display. I think so the fireworks looked like stars. Yeah, he said it looked yeah. like a thousand shooting stars. Yeah. He like, went through, he, he, like, went through stages of delirium. Yeah. Like, it was when they were doing the bombardment was when he was talking about the fireworks. Well, that makes sense, because he was... Bringing in the auditory, uh, yeah, yeah, he's feeling and hearing the, the, the explosions. Yeah. yeah, that guy did some good uh, dying acting. Yeah, no, yeah. the incredible. only acting I didn't like out of him was when he got shot with the phaser. He like did this barely a reaction. It was like this weird, just kind of he just turned huh. instead huh. of like, oh, I've been shot. It's uh. it was 117 degrees. <laughs> Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> like Caitlin said, a lot of one takes in this episode when it was the outdoor stuff. All right, you've been shot. Just use it. That's Fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, I thought he was great. I was like on the verge of tears throughout his scenes. And then when the look on O'Brien's face when he like goes over to him and realizes he's gone, I like almost, almost cried and was like, oh God, because the look on Colmini's face was like so brutal. And I it's managed such to. his face. Yeah, but I managed to hold it together until he was like telling stories to his coffin and Worf showed yeah. up. And then I was like, Ugh. I think Just it was so effective in like making me really like this character and making me really like bummed out. Like, even though, like, you know, like you said, Jake, like we didn't super know him very well, pre you know, prior to this. But I felt like they did a really good job of making me feel like really invested very, yeah, and they established quickly. very well that O'Brien knew him very well because they're yeah. on the engineering team, and the engineering team, you know, they're all buddies. Yeah, it would make sense that they'd be like torn apart if one of them, you know, got horribly killed in front of him. Yeah, and I think that that's. I mean, I don't know that we care as much about Munez directly as we care about him vicariously through O'Brien. You know, I think. You know, we, we don't know the character of Munez, but we're still sad about his yeah. death because we see how sad it makes. Well, I, I barely cared about Tasha Yar's death, but I loved the looks on Picard's and Data's face at her, at her funeral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You feel exactly. for them it's like, the same oh, my thing. God. It's the same thing. I, that, I liked you know. Munez more than I liked Tasha Yar. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> oh. I think it was also really... Munez is a much better actor than Denise Crosby. Yeah. Low bar. I feel like it was really, like, a good choice to not give him a dramatic death scene. Like, they just turned away, and at some point he died, and they didn't realize oh, it. it was pretty fucking dramatic anyway, though. Like, he moved something, and his fucking head just flopped over. No, I know, I but like, I mean, like, uh, that's, that's so, like, that's not what TV usually does. No, I know. And so it's the fact like they were just like, oh. Gasping, last words, blah, Yeah, it's like, blah. fuck, when we weren't looking, he died. Yeah, oh man, I really wanted to, like, the be holding him when he died. That would have been so meaningful. I, I didn't get the chance, and he's gone now. Yeah, Ow. like, it just at one point when I was doing something, we lost him. You know, Fuck. fixing this this ship that's crashed into a planet. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because he, yeah, he died while they were trying to restart the ship. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I had to look up, so, though, because, you know, he called 
O'Brien Hefe. And then O'Brien started calling him um, PK. PK. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Apparently, well, it's, it's a Rick, nickname for Enrique. Yeah. Yeah. Because at first, like, I don't know what that, I thought it was another word. I kind of wondered that, too. It was a, it was a yeah, name. Well, yeah, I think Dax called him Enrique. Yep. And then they had O'Brien call him Kike. Yeah, see, I missed her calling him Enrique. So, I mean, had I heard that, maybe I'd have made the connection, but. Mm. So, uh, there's a little uh, little uh, race, racist exchange between uh, Worf and O'Brien. Where, of mm. course there is. Which one yeah. is being the more racist? Well, I don't know. O'Brien was like, called Worf like a heartless Klingon bastard and Worf called him a, a pussy human bitch and uh, <laughs> bitch and, accurate uh, yeah I mean I don't know I say equal equal opportunity racist exchange not out of character for either of them no yeah and Worf's bedside manner all episode long was just <laughs> bullshit just tell him he's dying Worf what is wrong with you you get that he's human right and <laughs> doesn't want the Klingon treatment yeah, and I, you know, I'll I'll criticize the episode a little bit for that because I, you know, I know how Worf is, and but I, I don't know. I feel like Worf has been around humans most of his life. Yeah, yeah. He should know that's not how you act around a dying person. I think you could and also. He does know you don't act that way around a dying. But person. you could pass that off as the stress because they've been being like yeah. bombarded. Oh, yeah. They're fighting, and you know what I mean. I don't know. Like I feel he is like yeah. wise. The one thing that like I think the episode could have done a slightly better job of doing is like because I presume this is over the course of a day or two. And, I'm not uh, sure. Well, they said it was about a, a week. It was going to take a week for two and a half uh, days for them to for get the back defiant to, them. to get there. Yes. Two and a half days. Yeah, yeah. she wasn't a week. We or don't three know. And Kira a half. was. A, Kira said she was going to be gone a week. Yeah. Oh. Well, and it was, right, but that's so two and a half days back. is the is the trip there. So we can assume that yeah, they were in there for probably. And like we don't know days. that they were in there the full two and a half days during the episode. How long is a Bajoran week? Mm. Well, we know a day is twenty six hours. So. That's not true. Oh, twenty six. You said yes. In my brain, I heard 76 and said, that's yep, wrong. Yep, 76 hours. <laughs> That'd be a really long day. 76 trombones. Mm-hmm. But yeah, presumably yeah, like the... at least right. one day passed, I imagine, that we saw. It was unclear. I, we never saw it be night. Yeah. It's a tidally locked planet. We don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, we don't know what a day on that planet is. So yeah, who the yeah. hell knows? We yeah, do I'm assuming see that be... they're just talking about days as being... 26 hour periods because that's typically what they refer to it as on ds9 so we have no yeah it could be they could be there many hours and we'll never know if it's daylight or not yeah but again i mean every, the whole showdown with the gem hadar could have taken place over a couple of hours yeah and then you know the gem hadar lady left or you know the uh, the vorta lady left and then they just had to wait there yeah, yeah we don't really know for a while yeah speaking of the corpse um, Worf kind of contradicts what he's said in the past about Klingon or like about bodies when he says, oh yes, we, we have to sit by the body to defend it from predators. When in the first time we talked about Klingon body, Klingon dead bodies, and I want to say matter of honor, something like that. He says, no, Klingon bo- dead corpses are nothing but husks. We don't care about the dead bodies anymore. Rah. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was but- a chapter that was missing from his book of Klingons and it's something Maybe. he's learned since. Or yeah, maybe it's, it's probably like different religions and they have different views. Or it's or it's something you do differently depending upon the nature of the death. 
Or Maybe. you don't care about the husk once the spirit has ascended, so he was still right. It's just that it takes a little time or something. He never he never did the, the roar! Or... A, a, cl- a warrior is coming to Stovacor, yeah. Well, because so I don't think know. he felt he was... Uh, Alternately? He meant he said that he was dying like a pathetic not-warrior's death, though. But he did... <laughs> get shot like he died of a gunshot wound. i know so that's, that's why i didn't understand what Worf's battle, problem right? was an easy explanation would be that Worf doesn't do feelings so he made this up to be like oh maybe i, I wanna i wanna sit here and do this thing with o'brien yeah i've been racist need, to him all day but i need to like i don't want to be honest so i'm gonna couch it in and i know o'brien's not gonna fact check me so I'm just gonna make up a tradition right here, right like now. Like he did, like he did with uh, Cedo Jaxa when he told when they were oh, doing yeah. their, oh, yeah. their the guitar. Yeah, their pretend martial arts. Yep, yep. There we go. Worf is just a consummate liar. Fact. Ducat should have let him lie. What? Ducat was saying that he didn't think Worf would be a really good liar before they that's left. That's why. That's why he blew up the other ship. Yeah. They didn't trust him to speak oh, in, to the other. Oh, in the other episode. Yeah, yeah, in um, yeah. Apocalypse Now or whatever. Apocalypse Rising. Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Apocalypse Rising could alternately be, be titled Apocalypse Soon. Mm. Uh, ah, cool. Well, yeah, no, I thought it was a pretty good week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good week. Fun um, bit of uh, intrigue followed by just a really um, well done character piece that really punches you in the gut. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see what well anything else on these or can we move on to uh to get to to, to getting out of here? I think we can uh, we can give call this one a wrap. Jake, Jake is out. out. <laughs> wow, that was perfect timing, guys. Well, uh, if you like that and you want to hear more, A Star to Steer Her By can be found where all fine podcasts are sold. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You can check us out online. We're on Facebook. If you search A Star to Steer Her By, we are SSHB Podcast uh, on Twitter and Tumblr. Or you can visit our website, sshbpodcast.com. Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about two more episodes, Looking for Parmach in All the Wrong Places and Nor the Battle to the Strong, which has an ellipsis at the beginning. I don't really know why. I'm sure because it's a quote from a poem or something. Fucking Star Trek and their poems. I mean, I like poetry. I was going to say, says the person on a podcast named after a poem. Oh, yeah. It was a quote from an episode of Star Trek. True. Wasn't it one of his plays anyway, not a poem? No, it was a poem. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, hot damn. You learn something every day. For example, maybe you didn't know that I am Caitlin. I am Jake. This has been Chris. And this is Always Ames. See you next week. No rules of acquisition. Don't smuggle Glory drugs. to you and your house. But boner drugs. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what episode number is this? You 194. just said it. 194. I said it? Yes. yes you did. 194. When did I say it? Oh, God damn it. 194. <laughs> I'm so confused. Ames was like, is it 195? And you said, no, it's 194. And I was like, yeah, I think it's 194. I have no recollection of this. I, ha- I just had like a fugue state. This yeah. is, that's the weirdest thing that's ever happened. Were you sleep talking? I must have been.
I don't know. Maybe I had a mental something. Okay, so what episode is it? 195, you said? Four. Four. 194. Okay, episode four. Got it. Yep, episode four. Perfect. So we're talking about Day of the Dove and... That was far from episode four. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I just couldn't remember any of the earlier episode titles. All right. 